Welcome to the Engagement Ring, your connection to an ever-widening network of higher education professionals, scholars, and community partners working to make the world a better place. I'm Mary Hunt. Today on the podcast... What we are trying to do in in our approach is to create a computer that democratizes AI. When I say democratize, I mean that every faculty and student should have access to the kind of power to do do AI that industry have access to. I'll talk with Dr. Thenkurasi Kesavadis, Vice President for Research and Economic Development at the University at Albany. Dr. Kesavadis, Kesh to all those who know him, is the driving force behind Albany AI, a $200 million public-private supercomputing initiative based out of UAlbany's soon-to-be-renovated College of Engineering and Applied Sciences in Midtown Albany. We are launching into something that um, is very unique and probably one of the um, leading AI uh, infrastructure at any university in the country. Albany AI is expected to significantly expand the artificial intelligence supercomputing resources available in New York for teaching and research, well beyond traditional STEM applications, including the arts and humanities, and help propel upstate New York to the forefront of next-generation chip design. We will see a huge impact um, of this region. I would like to say that could become the next research triangle um, for AI will be New York State. Here's my conversation with Kesh. Welcome to the podcast, Kesh. Thank you, Mary. And congratulations on the launch of Albany AI. You must be very excited about the prospect of completing construction on the College of Engineering and Applied Sciences and also undertaking this huge initiative, multi-million dollar research initiative. Um, it's a huge undertaking. Yeah, yes, uh, indeed. Uh, I think uh, we are launching into something that um, is very unique and probably one of the um, leading AI uh, infrastructure at any university in the country, and at the same time building uh, a new college of engineering, which is going to be very innovative in nature, uh, also much better integrated with AI than a traditional engineering program. Yes, lots to do in the in the <laughs> next few months. <laughs> Absolutely. I hope you've got your vacation behind you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the term AI or artificial intelligence, I think, conjures up a lot in in the ear of the beholder. It really depends on what your experience, what's your knowledge, what's your mm-hmm. exposure to AI. So could we start with a few definitions, beginning with artificial intelligence? What does AI mean? Yeah, of course. Uh, the term AI has been around for a very long time. Um, From the time when science fiction writers have been thinking of artificial intelligence, uh, you know, humanoids and computers and robots that can take over the world, right? So the concept of AI in the Hollywood world has been around for a very long time. But the field of AI, from the scientific perspective, has also been going on for a very long time. The ideas that computers can learn and uh, and try to behave like human beings uh, has been like the goal of AI research uh, for many decades now. But it's only more recently that AI systems are being developed uh, that is getting really what I would call intelligence into it. So we are really in a 
threshold where this idea of AI, artificial intelligence, uh, becoming a reality uh, is something we can now start seeing happening now and we can see where it can lead to in the future. What are some common examples of things that people might not realize, you know, are examples of AI in practice in their everyday life? Okay, um, so AI is very broad, but um, maybe I'll give you a few examples. Uh, in the natural language processing, understanding language, for example, um, AI is a absolute a tool that is required to learn from millions of words and combinations of words and things like that. Learning uh, one language and converting into another language, for example, that's a very good example of how AI is changing our understanding of human communication, right? If you look at the other extreme in the scientific domain, AI is playing uh, more and more uh, a crucial role in fields like uh, medicine, uh, in diagnosis, right? Like AI is helping um, look at x-rays, for instance. AI is helping in drug discoveries, doing precision medicine, learning from genomics and uh, creating treatment for, uh, for patients, which is customized for the patient rather than doing something which is designed for millions of patients at the same time. Uh, in between, AI is everywhere. In social media, there is AI which is monitoring what you're doing online in Facebooks and other social media and creating content and, and interactions for you uh, that actually is using your emotions and interest in a, in a fashion that you perhaps even you don't realize. Even that is a part of AI. So of course AI is very broad. I just gave you two, three examples, but I'm sure as we talk, um, maybe there are other things that we can discuss. Yes. Um, back to those definitions, supercomputer, because that figures into Albany AI. What is a supercomputer? And the term cluster is also used. Um, is that synonymous with supercomputer? Or yeah, yeah. Let, me, let me address that. The word supercomputer um, describes, generally speaking, computers that have been designed to solve very large uh, physics problems. And so sometimes it's also called as high-performance computing, HPC. And so those kind of supercomputers um, have been there for a few decades as well. But more recently, as AI is becoming a big part of what we do, we're looking at computers that can learn from very large data. They're not really designed to solve large equations, right? It's not like solving an equation to describe the weather. It's descri it is learning from millions of words and understanding the meaning. So for those kind of problems, we need computers that is fundamentally different in the way it computes inside than a traditional high-performance computer. So when we refer to super AI supercomputer cluster, these are uh, clusters of sm small computers, which sometimes we call GPUs, that can be stringed along to create and solve many large problems that smaller computers may take months and months to do, but these computers could learn in days time or even minutes time. So it's inherently creating a new generation of supercomputers that is designed for AI, but not for doing traditional scientific exploration. This concept of learning in humans versus AI learning or machine learning, um, 
Can you differentiate? We all know how humans learned, but how... How is learning in a machine different? I think this is a place where a lot of people struggle. Um, trying to imagine how we comfortably and capably are in control of such a powerful technology. When we say learning in terms yeah. of AI, what is the difference there? Machines don't learn like humans learn. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, you're right. Human beings learn and internalize knowledge in a different way. Um, we also apply our experience in life, we apply emotion, our understanding of the world uh, to apply our knowledge, right? Um, uh, machines learn in a completely different way. Machines can learn from very large data and um, do inference and see patterns that sometimes human beings are not capable of doing because we, we tend to um, you know, look logic behind what we see and learn in a different way. So machines can um, can take extremely large data and see correlations that humans may not see, right? So it's inherently the, the learning that machines do because of that uh, is very different than what humans can ever uh, perceived to do, right? Um, for example, machines can repeatedly look at data and give a solution which might be very accurate, let's say, if it is trained perfectly well. Human beings, however well we have trained ourselves, we could still make human errors because of multiple reasons. Maybe we are fatigued, we are or we are in a bad mood, or we have our own internal biases, and so on and so forth. Machines can very, very, you know, repetitively do something in a very narrow space if it has a very large knowledge uh, put into those computers. So you can see that AI could be extremely reliable in a certain way, but humans could be very good at making inferences that the AI, if it is not being trained, cannot make. Um, but more and more what we're seeing is that this correlation between two different things that AI can make, human can sometimes not see those because we are not trained to look at that. And all of a sudden AI has seen correlation between weather and health, for example, that human beings you know, don't see it. So it's very exciting and to think about what the impact is going to be on human life and society in the years to come as these AI systems become more and more powerful and, and better and better uh, at learning these relationships. You've said that um, Albany AI, you think has the promise to transform uh, advances in a number of fields, um, healthcare, climate, weather, a national security. Is it too early to sort of tell us about what you imagine these transformations could be? What kinds of things? are possible. Yeah. So let me start by saying that um, um, universities um, have struggled to get access to using very large AI computers because some of the best AI computers today reside with um, large companies, right, like uh, social media companies, or it is in the hands of large defense establishments, right? 
So for university researchers to do AI and to solve their problems, very often they have been building their own clusters, smaller clusters in their labs and things like that. What we are trying to do in, the, in our approach is to create a computer that democratizes AI. When I say democratize, I mean that every faculty and student should have access to the kind of power to do, do AI that industry have access to, right? If you do that, coming back to your question, how do you think it's going to make an impact? What we can see in the future is that now faculty members can start doing really innovative work in the space of AI in say, for example, looking at solutions to help a public health problem, trying to predict a, a, a next generation of pandemic by looking at data that human beings cannot see, looking the effect of weather on the health of the population in an area, looking at how climate change makes a difference. Uh, so there are a number of examples that can help the society for which you need to solve and learn from very large data set. And those kind of things is very hard for faculty members to have access. So now to come back, how do we think our supercomputer make an impact? I think this will give an opportunity for our faculty members, scientists and students to now start imagining that they can now solve these problems on their own. And uh, in a few years time, we might see results from the supercomputer helping the society in designing and planning to address climate change, for example. Kesh, how do you see Albany AI as impacting uh, Albany's new and emerging uh, College of Engineering and Applied Sciences? Uh, yes, absolutely. So AI is, in fact, um, one of the fundamentals of the deep technology that uh, you see everywhere. And I'll give you an example, self-driven cars. They use AI uh, to, to make it go automatically on the road, for example. AI is being used in drone technologies, in in uh, you know different kinds of uh, areas like in urban planning and uh, smart health and things like that. Our engineering program, which is very new, um, right now has, has a focus on uh, computer engineering, computer science, and we are also envisioning that in the very near future we'll have, have uh, areas like mechanical engineering. These programs will be designed to uh, uh, to create workforce. Uh, or engineers who can work in the next generation of robots in, gen in developing the next generation of uh, cars that will be safer, can go anywhere without uh, you, you driving, and so on and so forth. Maybe in designing next generation of medical devices that can treat people, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, there is also huge uh, uh, interest in the field like uh, uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, um, that's the future. You know, building metaverses where people interact with each other in the virtual world and AI plays a very big role. So I think that our new engineering program will be actually leveraging these things, perhaps even teaching classes in metaverse. Uh, students working together to design next gen generation robots. So we, we, we think of this uh, AI initiatives uh, uh, playing a very crucial role in how we design the next curriculum and how we train the, the students of the future. And the timing seems to be spot on. 
I mean, just recently, uh, Congress passed uh, the Chips and Science Act of 2022. Um, So obviously, there is a need and hopefully we'll be funding and support for programs like this. How do you expect Mm -hmm. that uh, that act um, may affect uh, the work that we do here at UAlbany in terms of artificial intelligence? Is there a connection? Will there be opportunity through that? So Albany, as we all know, is already a, a leader in the semiconductor field. Albany Nanotech and uh, Neocreate and uh, CNSC and others are um, yeah, one of the some of the most advanced places to do this kind of research in in if not in U.S. in the world. The the new chip act and if you look at the whole the bill itself, it's a very high tech bill in the sense that it's focusing on making our country very competitive by innovating in chip, manufacturing chip, making chip available internally, but it's also focused on investment in the area of robotics, uh, drones, and health IT. So uh, if you look at all those things, our expertise of you Albany in the space of weather and so on and so forth will directly leverage this. But more interestingly, um, in Albany we have been focusing on nanotechnology and manufacturing and fabrication of chips. The AI initiative is looking at how can we build an AI supercomputer and create applications using AI. So if you combine these two, we are we as a region, the capital region, and you you are Albany leading that, could actually be a place where you come to design a chip, manufacture a chip, and build a computer that will solve the challenges of a society. And and I would be I would actually venture as far to say that we will be uniquely positioned in the US to do everything from end to end when it is chip is considered. If it, because of that, I think the CHIP Act is really exciting for us because it actually provides impetus and hopefully uh, it will lead uh, uh, to innovations that uh, that you know rest of the country can benefit from. What is the global picture when it comes to AI? Who are the leaders in AI? Is the United States among those or is it in the lead position? Or tell me a little bit about uh, the competition for AI. Um, well, um, that's a very tricky question. Anybody who reads and follows the field of AI knows that uh, there are other countries who have invested more in the space of AI. Um, in fact, China is an example um, uh, where a tremendous investment has been made in the AI space. Um, and um, for us to retain our uh, leadership, we need to be investing at the same level. And that's why the CHIP Act is so exciting for everybody involved, is because this is the first time that that uh, our country has come together, industry, federal government, research institutions, to address the issue that we need significant investment to be in the lead, or else we will, you know, I would call it in, in a you know semiconductor arms race is going on there. We will lose this battle. And with this, I think we will recoup in the next few years, next two, three years, we will see, we will see that we, you know, we as a country will, uh, we will retain our lead and continue the thing that we do the best, that is innovate and innovate and innovate. Who are your partners in the AI initiative? 
we we have um, um, very good partnership with uh, industry that already work with uh, with Sunni system through a New York Create, and it includes all the companies you know who work in the space of AI. IBM comes to my mind is a company you know with whom we are working in terms of um, you know understanding the vision, this field, and so on and so forth. Uh, we are also um, you know, uh, writing grants to federal government to create institutes in AI here. Other federal governments like uh, uh, NOAA, Department of Energy, uh, Department of Homeland Security, and others who need AI for their uh, own, um, own own areas of research. So we are working with them as well to create the federal partnership, industry, um, university, and industry government partnership. And we're also working with um, more uh, organizations in this region, uh, in medical, um, healthcare systems, um, New York State government, looking at how government and technology can benefit in the space of AI. So I would say that the the collaboration is very broad, right? Uh, and not to forget other other institutions, SUNY institutions and other colleges in this area, are also partners like RPI, uh, HVCC, Community College, you know, this is not a field that is small. Everyone have to come together, right? And that's the kind of thing that we are trying to build here. And UAlbany has already established a record in terms of AI. Can you talk a little bit about some of the key projects related to AI that are going on across the disciplines at the university? Weather and climate yes, comes to mind. Yes, obviously, since you brought weather and climate, yes. Um, uh, we have a very strong group in the space of atmospheric research and weather uh, and they are using AI, um, like for example, monitoring New York State throughway through cameras, looking at uh, weather prediction and snow, for example, uh, looking at AI coming from uh, data that we collect through Mesonet. That's a network across the state that uh, that is managed uh, through our you know, university's atmospheric research center, where they get data uh, from all over the state, and that we can use that to do predictive modeling. Uh, we also have a National Science Foundation AI Institute for trustworthy AI in collaboration with Oklahoma University here. So those are some some of the areas in the weather. But um, if you look at broadly in campus, uh, there are many pockets of uh, uh, excellent work that's going on in the space: uh, chemistry, modeling, chemical uh, modeling, and even in the in philosophy, mathematics looking at how do you trust AI, what are the ethics of AI, uh, how do you monitor uh, environment through cameras, but what is the ethics behind that? Um, so I would say that, um, um, you know, uh, there's surprisingly a lot of people on campus, faculty members and scientists are working in the space, but with this initiative, I think we're gonna see this mushroom. One of the concerns people express about AI, rightfully or wrongfully, is uh, that it could eliminate jobs. Is that true, or will AI actually create jobs, maybe different jobs? But uh, what is the real truth on that? Um, this is, a, I mean, it's a question, um, you know, which we have always asked for the last 200 years. You know, every time there's a new technology we come in, we, we are worried whether jobs will disappear. It happened when steam engine came and the industrial revolution came. It happened when the, when computers uh, became prevalent. But those kind of fears uh, have never materialized. It's simply because 
every time you create a new technology or new um, you know revolutionary uh, c- concept you're creating a whole generation of new workforce that's need that that's needed to build build that area like for example um, let's say take ai for instance um self driven cars you know it's the future but they don't drive by themselves you have hundreds and thousands of engineers and scientists who sit and design those ai behind that it created a whole class of jobs that did not exist 10 years back and same thing take care of healthcare right um well you are now seeing uh, software development happening creating jobs who are creating ai so uh, i don't think the jobs will ever disappear it moves from one sector to another sector right uh, i think the bigger fear that people have is losing their job um the way they do it today it's not because jobs don't exist so i think that's why it is important that that we think of this as a state and as a country on providing new pathway for people to uh, to upskill change their skill uh, right so they are prepared to go and work in a in a slightly different industry but nevertheless jobs are not disappearing i think more jobs are being created every day because of ai albany ai includes something called uh, albany ai academy what is that so the the concept of uh, ai academy is something that we are very seriously uh, planning and and envisioning and that is introducing ai to all the students who come to to our campus okay and not just that also creating programs that will address some of the things i mentioned earlier that is how do you upskill how do you train the workforce how do you help people change their career which means that these are programs micro credentials available for public creating programs for industry so that you can train lots of people and our ai academy concept is that we will address everything from education to undergraduates and all the way to professional development which will be a, a service that we provide for society so you have developed a concept of something called ai plus x can you talk a little bit about what ai plus x is and how you envision that uh being rolled out uh, yes so the idea of ai plus x is that um you could come to university of albany to do any to learn any subject any subject let's call it x and you will also get education in ai that's the idea of AI, we call it ai plus x or some people prefer calling it x plus ai that it you do x plus also ai um so so the 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 big vision picture that our provost is leading and all our deans are working on is to is to create a program where you can come to albany to do athletics or zoology or music but from the day one when you come to albany you will be introduced about fundamentals of ai what ai means how ai can be used what are the ethics and the do's and don'ts about ai and then specialize as you go along and as you become a senior you know in the in your final year uh to to learn more about ai in your own domain like for example if you are doing music you know learn about how ai plays a role in music so this is a a campus wide initiative to to fundamentally 
um, you know, change the way students understand AI from the perspective and not l learn about that from the internet, but get funda foundational understanding about AI. So it's a very exciting initiative, and I think that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that many universities will see what we are doing at the University of Albany and try to implement something similar to this. Why is that important? Why is it important that they get an introduction to AI in whatever their chosen discipline is? You know, uh, I like saying that AI is a new humanities, right? Um, any curriculum in the country, uh, students learn about humanities, you know, any subject they learn, right? AI is almost becoming like that. It's simply because AI is so prevalent in everything that um, it, to, be in, uh, to be the workforce of the next generation, um, if you don't understand what AI is, then you're not prepared for what is going to come in the future. And that is important to know. And it's because if AI is doing everything for you, making decisions, um, you know, it's monitoring people's safety and security, we want domain experts who work in industry to understand so they can contribute to the design of next generation of AI, right? Not just from the uh, scientific domain, but also from uh, demography, from where they come, from their ethnicity. E everyone have to co contribute, or else AI will be designed uh, by engineers who, are, who do not look at the society as a whole, but it may be looking at only a part of the society. It works very well for some people, but it doesn't work for other people. We don't want our, um, you know, our students to be like that when they go. We want them to go and contribute to this so that when, when the next generation of AI is being designed, they can provide their input. And so we, we have AI which is more, uh, you know, uh, more democratic or more, uh, you know, uh, equitable to everybody. When I hear you speak of this, I think of the phrase um, AI bias, which I didn't really know what it meant. Yeah. So if you'll just take a second to explain what AI bias is and how you can um, alter that or affect uh, what is known as AI bias. Yeah, so AI bias is a, is a real thing. Um, you know, and one good example of that is um, softwares that do face recognition, right? Um, uh, those uh, softwares are known to have a racial bias or uh, they very often uh, don't do a good job when when uh, uh, the people who it, whose face is being recognized come from different ethnicity, right? Um, those kind of biases may not have been intentionally designed for those biases, but the way the AI systems have been trained, those biases were built into it, right? And if you take that and think more broadly, uh, think of AI in healthcare, right? Um, if 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 there is AI systems which has a bias, it may impact the diagnosis that the computers would do for people based on race and things like that. It may not actually, it may solve um, a health problem for a certain uh, segment of people, but some other segment it may not understand because the AI didn't quite understand uh, the effect of impact of um, you know, ethnicity or where you come from or things like that. So those bias in AI does exist, and one way to remove the bias is having more input from more broader set of society so that AI tends to become much more 
um, you know, uh, reasonable or, or fair. Kesh, what are you anticipating the effect of Albany AI to be on not just the capital region, but on New York State? Yeah. So, you know, uh, as I mentioned earlier, that um, the impact of semiconductor industry on on, uh, on this region or the state of New York um, uh, has been uh, tremendous, right? It's attracted large companies like Global Foundries to come here and so on and so forth. Um, what my vision is that the AI, Albany AI initiative will have a similar kind of impact in the state of New York in applying AI in every different field, which means attracting companies to move to this region or move to New York, because this is where the talent exists. This is where some of the best computers have, are um, available for people to design. So, uh, so, you know, my vision is that uh, we not only create the best students for the next generation of workforce, but this will also attract um, the economy to grow in the space of AI, create partnership that can uh, help in bringing larger institutes, centers, centers of learning, uh, industrial innovation centers, so on and so forth, uh, to Albany or to state of New York, which will have access to AI. So we will see a huge impact um, of this region. I would like to say that could become the next research triangle um, for AI will be in New York State. What use or application of AI do you hope you'll see in your lifetime? Well, I have my own biases. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think that um, uh, AIs will make um, um, a transportation uh, more efficient and safer. Um, the reason I'm saying that is that even today, with all the safety features, uh, people die in accidents all every day. Uh, we could see uh, the transportation systems of the future being much more streamlined and safer because of built-in AI. And maybe a time will come when an accidental death on, you know, on a road um, may be considered as unbelievable. How could some, just such a thing happen, right? Well, we can see that happening, right? I mean, we say like in olden day in factories, people died. Today's factories are so safe, right? Because we have all these new rules. In the same, same way, you can see the trans transportation becoming much safer. Um, the second thing I think that, um, you know, uh, using the power of AI, uh, we might start seeing uh, impact in the way um, uh, uh, our uh, environment is uh, managed, right? Uh, there could be much more efficient way of uh, uh, looking at the climate changes and making decisions. Uh, you know, smart cities, for example, that can you know um, help, for example, an aging person. Um, systems that will automatically adapt for people who are aging, who can help people who have cognitive issues, making the quality of life better for people who are underserved today. Okay not just aging population, even younger generation people who have disabilities very often is under underserved in the sense that there are not many things for them. They are stuck inside the home. Maybe this AI systems with uh, assistance in robotics 
can give new life to people who today have no way but stuck at home maybe vision problem mobility issues and so on and so forth so i think the quality of life um, uh, may uh, have a big impact in the years to come uh, through ai where does your i guess passion is a good word for it because you speak with passion about ai where does this deep passion for ai come from have you always yeah. uh, been interested even as a young boy in science and um, i don't know if you're like the rest of us you grew up in the generation where we all watched tv and movies and we saw these powerful yeah. discoveries and um, science fiction stories about what was yeah. possible that we only dreamed of where do you where does this come from Yeah, I used to big fan of reading uh, sci-fi books, you know, Isaac Asimov and um I always wanted to be a robotics person, so um I started working on uh, my PhD in robotics and I got introduced to AI in my first class that I took as a graduate student. Uh, very first class that I took was a course on um they called it expert systems at that time. It was really AI neural networks. Uh, so when uh, when I was completing my PhD dissertation, I applied AI in for robots to understand uh, objects for manufacturing, uh, and uh, so so you know this was in early '90s. So ever since I've been very interested in AI, and I've not only really seen this field change, but I've also been a part of this change in some sense. You know, using robots for manuf- uh, for uh for training surgeons looking at how uh, ai can help in uh diagnosing a tumor uh, you know things like that which uh, which you know the area which i have myself worked as a researcher my lab has worked on that so it has been a lifelong mission for me to see uh you know amazing discoveries happening through ai but uh, what i would like to say is that coming to albany and having this ai initiative is it's like a dream come true for me because now we are doing something at a scale that I did not think we will be able to do or I think I would not be able to do it in 10 or 15 years and now we are actually building those things so it's is really exciting and you know asking about movies matrix has been always my favorite movie <laughs> you know and I always think that you know hollywood is always several decades ahead of us engineers you know they envision uh things uh, for the future uh and we try to replicate that So so yeah uh, some we today we say metaverse well matrix is a metaverse in some sense right well you've got the beat because being part of the real deal yeah. and being there at the forefront and making these things happen and really make changes in people's lives is much yeah. better than making a movie don't you think i think so yeah i think so i mean uh, you know it's not just entertainment it's real life <laughs> Kish, I wish you the best of luck with Albany AI, and uh, we'll be watching uh, with great interest as it develops. Best of luck, and thanks so much for being my guest today. Thank you very much, Mary. Great questions, and I I uh, also hope that this will be a big success for their university. Thank you. Dr. Thenkurasi Kesh Kesavadis is the vice president for research and economic development at the University of Albany. Learn more about U Albany's Division for Research by visiting albany.edu/research. Follow Dr. Kesavadis on Twitter at @keshuAlbany. The Engagement Ring is produced by the University at Albany's Office for Public Engagement. If you have questions or comments or want to share an idea for an upcoming podcast, email us at uAlbanyOPE@albany.edu. At